to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Thursday and welcome back to another episode of the Embody Podcast. If you guys are loving what you're hearing on the show, I would really appreciate it if you slid over to iTunes and dropped a five-star rating, a written review. Just let me know what you are loving about the show and what you want to hear more of on the show. All of those reviews and ratings really, really help organically grow the show and get the show into more ears and souls across the world. So thank you for doing that, and I'm really glad that you're here. So today's episode is going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm going to talk about something that is so incredibly charged throughout our collective and you might be sick of hearing about vaccines, but in this podcast, I really want to approach it from a depth perspective in a nuanced perspective where no matter where you personally stand on the topic and the subject, no matter if you are vaccinated or unvaccinated, you can find a home here and really just be with perhaps the patterns that are collectively playing themselves out through the symbol of vaccination. So that's where I'm going to take this podcast today. I'm going to talk about the archetypal symbol of injection. So I think I've said this on multiple podcasts in the past, um, but I'm reading this book, Origins and History of Consciousness by Eric Neumann. Um, It's so dense. It's so big. I'm like, it's almost 500 pages, really, really dense material, but it's, it's such a profound book in the evolution well, the origin and history of consciousness. So if you're interested, I'll put the link to the book in the show notes um, and you can get it for yourself. But in this book in particular, he's laying out these patterns that manifest throughout humanity and I'm, I'm at the end of the book. And there's a section in the appendix called Mass Man and the Phenomena of Recollectivization. And I wanna read a couple sections out of this part before I dive into um, what I'm going to talk about. So Neumann says, in the course of Western development, the essentially positive process of emancipating the ego and consciousness from the tyranny of the unconscious has become negative. It has gone far beyond the division of conscious and unconscious into two systems and has brought about a schism between them. And just as differentiation and specialization have degenerated into over-specialization, this development has gone far beyond the formation of the individual personality and has given rise to an atomized individual Whereas on one hand, we see even larger groups of over-individualized persons, there are on the other hand, even larger masses of humanity who have detached themselves from the original situation of the primary group and entered into historical consciousness. 
Both these developments tend to lower the significance of the group as a unit composed of persons consciously or unconsciously bound together and to exalt the mass as a conglomeration of unrelated individuals. What he's saying here is because we as individuals have developed our consciousness to a certain point, we are running away from our unconscious roots. I think I've mentioned this in the the podcast in the past. So we, we no longer are related to the unconscious, which is where we come from. We, when we're born, we don't have this, we don't have this level of consciousness, this ego consciousness. It's not until at least year one and after where that ego consciousness at least starts to plant seeds and emerge out of unconsciousness and so we have come from this place of unconscious and i think it's because the the material that makes up our unconscious our personal unconscious but not only our personal but our collective unconscious is is so intense that we have been running so far in one direction and that has created he said over specialization which is like this hyper individual so the individual who is only concerned with themselves and has separated themselves from the whole and then on the other hand he was talking about an even larger mass of humanity detached from themselves from the original situation so in that it's another large group of people who are just completely unconscious of what's influencing their lives at all so just a lack of consciousness we can see this now play itself out in terms of we have this you know new age spiritual movement where it's kind of like this hyper conscious community where everything that's unconscious is is not great because it it makes them less pure and unspiritual and less conscious so that's on one side and then on the other side it's this group of completely unconscious individuals so the consciousness didn't even develop in the first place and what he's saying here is that both groups tend to lower the significance of the whole because they are disconnected and they're unrelated individuals he makes a statement on page 422 he said the group in which the individual is contained represents a natural whole whose parts are integrated. That would be the ideal, right? And I feel like we're, we're living in an age where we have so many disintegrated parts, so disintegrated individuals, that the whole is starting to fracture. And we can see this in our political divide currently, no matter where you are in the world. And then I wanted to read one more section. He said, the common human background and substratum, whose scientific discovery is the collective unconscious we owe to Jung, is beginning to manifest its universal workings in humanity itself. The picture that now emerges of the starry heaven of archetypal forces arching over humanity is, however, accompanied by the disappearance of those fragmentary constellations which the canon of individual groups were regarded as the whole of the heaven. Global revolution which has seized upon modern man and in whose storm center we find ourselves today has, with its transvaluation of all values, led to a loss of orientation in the part and the whole. 
and daily we have new and painful experience of its repercussions in the political life of the collective as well in the psychological life of the individual. This book was written in 1954, well published in 1954, it's written before that. So we can see if we remain unconscious of what's happening under the surface, we can just see this stuff repeating itself over and over again. He said the cultural process leads to a schism between conscious and unconscious, which we described above. The building up of the persona and the adaptation to reality under the guidance of the superego as the court of conscience representing collective values together with the help of suppression and repression, constellate the shadow and the anima animus components in the unconscious. Really what Neumann asserts in this book of Origins and Histories of Consciousness is helping you orient to the role of unconscious and consciousness in the development of humanity. And it's interesting because for the most part, we do have a split between conscious and unconscious and as a depth psychologist it's important to well depth psychologist in training it's important to advocate for the unconscious although there are dangerous powers that could absolutely consume us it's important that we get in relationship to those powers themselves or those powers will unconsciously consume us so if you're consciously relating to them it's less of a danger to the individual if we're completely unrelated and split off from the unconscious, then that's the problem. And we can see this in individuals who don't think that there's anything more than the I in their being. It's just how I am. It's just who I am. You know, if you can ask yourself the question, do you think that you have your beliefs or that your beliefs have you? Because if we aren't even open to accepting the latter, that perhaps there are in some ways, some areas of your life in which your beliefs actually have you. You are gripped by them. And if, that, if you can't open yourself to that fact, you are completely cutting yourself off from the unconscious from forces that are greater than you existing and manipulating and, you know, trying to create order in the chaotic world. And so what I wanted to talk about today, just having conscious and unconscious available to the human creates a tension. And the more one-sided you are in that tension itself, the more, let's say, like, in depth psychology, we use the word libido, but the more your energy is moving in one direction, moving towards consciousness. I know that I, 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 integration, reflection of information, knowledge, experience, that's all great. Like consciousness is, is fine, but if, if it doesn't, in the process of becoming conscious, does not create a relationship from the material in which it does not know or to the unknown or to the mystery of the world, then that creates a problem. That creates a one-sided space in the psyche. And the psyche is a self-regulating system, just like the body. And so if you're moving so far in one direction, there is going to be a vacuum that creates in the unconscious. And that's what we see playing out right now is we've moved so far from the unknown, from the mysterious, 
that we in the collective we are moving so far into order into law into mandates that there is this vacuum that is welling up in the unconscious and what happens is when you are so one-sided in the psyche and you're completely cut off from the unconscious there is this term that Jung used called enantidromia so it's actually you can think of it like a pendulum to the extent in which the how high the pendulum swings to one side if you have that pendulum swing really high to one side when it swings back to the other side it's going to flip over and now you're going to be consumed by what was on the other side so if we think of law and order and control on one end and the pendulum has swung so high on that side and on the other side is just chaos no law order or control what's happening is that pendulum is starting to gain momentum and it's going to flip and we are going to be possessed and consumed by the chaos of moving in one direction and that's typically how we learn our lessons but pretty dangerous when you're working with collective unconscious material because all of the things that we refuse to face in ourselves as individuals does not disappear right we have to ask like where that goes all of the people who have come before us who didn't have the mental faculties to do that they used ritual and religions to help with that but that stuff doesn't disappear and you have to ask where it goes and Jung's assumption was that it was filtered into the collective consciousness or unconsciousness and when things are left unrelated in the collective unconscious unintegrated not there's there's no attention to that material playing itself out in your life then what happens is that you become possessed by it so that it becomes integrated so that consciousness can widen. That's, that is the development of consciousness, is confronting unconscious material so that consciousness itself can widen. You can't become more conscious without accepting the unconscious material. It doesn't work like that. You can't just run, run in one direction and neglect the latter. So I think I've said enough about that. But why I laid that out is because when you have that tension of opposites um, presenting itself, so consciousness and unconsciousness, the, well, in depth psychology, Jung was really adamant about symbols and images. And Neumann in this book talks about symbols being the transformer of energy. So all the stuff in this like collective unconscious that's really potent and powerful and numinous material because it's been it's all of the material that has come before us that is not integrated into consciousness and so there's a lot of energy and numinosity around that that material the idea is that the symbol is a way for collective unconscious material, for unconscious material to move 
towards the human so that it can be digestible into consciousness. So if we learn to look at things symbolically, we don't look at them as signs because signs are just kind of flat and they, they just are. Well, everything just is, but they're very flat. Symbols are dynamic. They're moving. They're always changing and evolving. A symbol that in the past has been very um, important throughout humanity is the symbol of the cross, the religious space. Depending on what your religious beliefs are is how you digest that religious, numinous, archetypal material. So we each have this kind of individual way of digesting archetypal content based on how we view the symbol itself. So what if we just ignore the symbols that are playing out right now, right? We remain unconscious to them, so then the symbols create a vacuum. They create energy. They're welling up energy behind them so that they can bust into consciousness and get our attention. Coming back to the whole point of this podcast, I think the symbol that is behind this worldwide vaccine is so incredibly powerful and we have perverted it and concretized it into this altruistic mandate for the betterment of humanity without looking at what the repercussions of or or what the whole of the symbol actually stands for and this is this is my subjective kind of interpretation of the symbol itself but i looked at the word injection and it has latin roots and the latin roots mean to insert to throw upon to throw in or to impel within it's really interesting because if we take the vaccine and we look at the symbolism of it well, you might ask the question, well, why do you think that that's symbolic right now? Well, it's being mandated and forced upon people all over the world. When there's power and force coming into the picture, we want to ask the questions like what patterns are working themselves out in this instance and what symbols are moving through at this time? So we have this injection that is the symbol of the times right now, currently. No matter where you stand politically on the matter, like literally, like regardless of what you believe about if people should be vaccinated or they shouldn't, the symbol is kind of beneath that or it's not about the rationalization and splitting of either or. The symbol just is... And if we look at the etymology of the symbol, to insert, to throw upon within, and to impel, what is it that we are inserting and impelling and that we are being mandated to insert and to impel into our bodies? The definition of impel is to drive, force, or urge someone to do something. So if we look at what is happening here, the creators of this vaccine, the pharmaceutical companies, 
literally have zero responsibility for the outcomes of the thing that they're manufacturing. But it's being mandated that people are being forced and urged to do it, to get the vaccine, to have this injection. I believe what's being impelled, forced, and and urged is lack of responsibility. Like that's, that's the material that is being forced and injected into the body, into the psyche of modern humans. And it really makes me worried that there isn't this at least questioning or hesitation of what the symbolism of this force actually is. Like, what does this mean for us as humans? Again, this is not about like being vaccinated or not being vaccinated. If you did or didn't, like, I don't, it really doesn't matter to me. I'm, I am so concerned about us asking the question of what does this symbolize and how does this how is this symbol affecting the psyche of the modern individual because if we don't ask those questions we are going to find ourselves in a very terrible place a very scary place and i think that because we are afraid or just don't want to concern ourselves with asking these questions or looking at the patterns that are going beneath this. I think it's because of that that we are in the place that we are. These symbols are starting to create a lot of energy in them and then they are consuming us or being forced and mandated upon us. It's really important to me right now in my content to be able to try to attempt to communicate some of the things that are happening beneath the surface because it's just, when we think like it's just as simple as that, like that's just it, we aren't doing our due diligence for integrating conscious and unconscious to propel the humanity of the species forward what we're doing is we're just blindly walking with the masses if there's symbols that are moving through the world that are creating a deep fracture and division between individuals that is a really important time to start questioning what's happening beneath the surface. Because Rick and I were talking about this this morning. He was like saying, you know, just because Hitler killed himself in a bunker does not mean that all of that energy that was put into Nazi Germany and the Holocaust, that didn't go away. Like we're left with that into the collective unconscious and it's our job as individuals to start to ask the questions of how our history and our origins are affecting us today like that it like that is something that is so incredibly important and so if we're not taking the time to do that i think that we are being gripped by that in which we are made of the unconscious and so 
If anything, I just hope this podcast is a podcast that can advocate for asking questions, asking questions that make you think like, hmm, what's actually happening here? What archetype is, is trying, to inf- trying to move through? Is there space for the archetype to move through? If not, it's going to start getting a little dicey. There's going to be a lot of chaos building up. What symbols are really prominent right now in my life? Asking those questions could literally change the course of humanity. We just have to um, have the courage to sit with the possibility of something else being true other than what we thought was true at the surface level. So with that being said, I hope that if you're still here, I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening to the end of the podcast and really hearing me out. You know, I've said from the beginning when I started this podcast, this podcast was not going to be just this place where you come to get just like helpful relationship tips and hints and all these things. While you may get that out of this podcast, it's not what the podcast is about. This podcast is a wrestling with what is. It's it's really asking questions. It's for the people who are seeking deeper understanding of what is. I forgot to mention this in the podcast that a couple episodes ago I mentioned that Donald Cowshed, who wrote Trauma and the Soul, mentioned that relationships are the transformers of numinous energy. I said in this podcast, Eric Neumann mentioned that symbols are the transformer, like the transformer meaning they take something that's, for example, 880 volts of electricity and brings it down to a digestible, usable level. So Cowshed said relationships, Neumann said symbols. We can look at Cowshed's example of the relationship being the transformer that makes this archetypal energy digestible and by looking at the symbolism of the relationship itself. So to relate is to bring together, to come together. I think relationships can be a very powerful transformer because it is in the, in its purest form, it's in the business of coming together, creating more wholeness and less disintegration within the psyche. And so I just wanted to add that in there because I, it was a, an important musing that I thought about as I was reading um, Neumann's work about the symbol. And I think that Cowshed perhaps um, took from Neumann's work and just used relationships because it is a powerful symbol. Relationships are powerful symbols. So with that being said, I'm glad you guys are here and listening to the end. I just wanted to add a couple housekeeping notes at the end. Um, If you're interested in having conversations about the state of humanity, um, Rick and I would love to see you in our next book club. We're doing the books He and She by Robert Johnson. They're short 90 page books, but they're books that dive into understanding masculine and feminine psychology from a depth and union perspective. So if you're interested in asking questions about 
the psychological questions about what it means to relate to masculinity and femininity, join us in our next book club. We would love to have you. Such a great community. And if you're interested in that, I will put a link in the show notes. And with that being said, I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Bye, guys. Thank <laughs> you.